0: This is The Drive with Josh Graham podcast. Tune into The Drive weekday afternoons 3 to 7 on Sports Hub Triad.
1: Man, are we jam-packed today. Here are the two big things we're going to talk about today throughout the show. Zion Williamson's debut in North Carolina, suffering a deflating double overtime loss in Blacksburg. But last night had me thinking about first dates. When I was single, I used to get excited about them. Even though I knew they were going to be awkward, they may not go well. That's what it felt like watching Zion. It got off to an awkward start. Zion's just trying to feel things out. Just like a first date, you're just trying to get to know somebody. You don't want to offend them. You don't want to talk about something they might not be interested in. You maybe checked out some Instagram videos, Zion, hey, this guy looks good, is it the real thing though? Or, eh, do the pictures not quite look like the way they look when they show up in person. So that was the early feelings, but Zion, he left a perfect lasting impression. We got the first kiss on the first date, how about that? I'm not sure about you, Robert. When you went on first dates, did you expect the first kiss? I did, but probably wrongly so. I probably didn't deserve no. a first kiss. Yeah, you probably didn't. I never really expect a first kiss on a first date. But if you do very well, usually that's something you're left feeling great about. And Zion, he rewarded us for watching to the fourth quarter. 17 consecutive points, 4 of 4 from 3 breaking rookie records more than any Pelicans rookie ever had in their debut with 22, the three-point shooting percentage, more threes than Ben Simmons has had in his career so far, more threes in a single game than he ever hit at Duke. It was the perfect lasting impression after just one game. And the most important part of it, if you're going out on a date with somebody for the first time, what you want, if you like the person, is a second date. So what you need to ensure is that they want to see you again. Zion made us want more. He didn't put out on the first date because, you know, that's something that might steer some people away. Hey, you, you, you went too big too early. Zion, he had the minutes restriction Fans are chanting MVP when he's at the line, and when he's taken out, they start chanting, we want Zion. So what's going to happen the next time he hits the floor? I'm there. You're there. We're all going to be watching that game. We're left wanting more moving forward. You could tweet the show at SportsUpTriot. 336-777-1600 is the phone number. I I walked into the studio today. I was telling folks here, I might watch, I might buy NBA League Pass just for this one player. I've never considered buying League Pass before. I might do it just so I can watch this guy game in, game out. I was at my home scaring my cat, yelling at the TV just because it was amazing what we were looking at. When a guy gets hot that you don't expect to, I can't think of anything that's cooler than in, in all of sports than that. Like, when Zion starts putting up threes and he's burying them, burying them all, it's, it is one of the coolest feelings as a sports fan we can have. Just watching Zion do what he did, it was an incredible deal. We've got the voice of the New Orleans Pelicans, Todd Raffinini, who's going to join us in 25 minutes. After that, BDOT is going to stop by in studio, the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball. And for the Tar Heels, it's a totally different feeling watching that team play than I bet Pelicans fans are feeling right now. This is just a team that hasn't been rewarded in any way for the effort they've put in. They put in a good effort against Pittsburgh at home. It wasn't good enough. They put in a great effort against Clemson. They are up 10 with 2.08 left to go. Then everything goes wrong, including Roy forgetting to tell the players not to or to commit a foul before Clemson had a tying three-point attempt put up. Last night, they put in a tremendous effort without Cole Anthony, without B-Rob. They probably should have won the game. They did not, but nobody's going to feel sorry for North Carolina. That's something that Roy said last night, and he said multiple times over. We still have North Carolina on the front of our uniforms, so people expect better things to happen than what we've seen over the last six ACC games. It's the first time North Carolina has ever lost six consecutive ACC contests. It's the first time under Roy Williams, I believe, that they've lost five in a row. Here's a little bit more from Roy.
2: I think we've been getting better because uh, young kids, they need to be rewarded a little bit, and uh, it's been difficult for that, uh, for this club to be rewarded. Yes, I think we're getting better, but I uh, also think that we made so many just silly plays. I told them I was proud of how they competed. We just got to take advantage of our plays and make those plays and not make silly ones.
1: Let's not forget, Roy is still sitting at 879, tied with Dean Smith. His next win will make him the all-time winningest coach in North Carolina history. And that really is a bummer that this milestone's going to come as things have been historically bad for the Tar Heels. This team has spoiled what should have been one of the greatest milestones in the history of this great basketball program. It was supposed to be Special in a way no other program has had something like this occur. Having a Hall of Fame coach who became the all-time winningest coach passing Adolph Rupp in the NCAA tournament in the Joel Coliseum 23 years ago, then that guy being surpassed on the all-time wins list by someone who was on his bench, who was an alum at the school, in the building that bears The prior Hall of Famer's name. We've never seen anything like that in college basketball. That moment has now been spoiled. When North Carolina wins its next basketball game, whether that's Saturday against Miami, Monday at NC State, or beyond that, it's not going to be a celebration. It's going to be a relief. And that's not the way it should feel. Getting back to 500 halfway through the ACC season, snapping a losing streak, unlike any losing streak the Tar Heels have had in conference play. 880 was supposed to be a number that we looked forward to seeing for North Carolina, for Roy Williams. Now it's just something, well, I hope it's going to happen. I think the way that Roy Dean said it all. And the longer that this streak goes, the more I'm thankful they had something prepared that night. They had Scott Smith there. They had the plaque. They had a short ceremony. But that ceremony, I think, says it all. You had an injury to a player who was playing well who a couple days later was announced he was going to be out for the rest of the season in Anthony Harris. It was against Yale, and the entire ceremony was two minutes. Roy wanted to get off the floor to see how Harris was doing. Steve Kirshner, who is the head communications guy for the Tar Heels, gets in his way and says, nah, you, you, stay on the floor, Roy. He insisted, stay on the floor. Everybody wanted to hear from Roy. He refused to speak, and all you had was the plaque being held up for a minute, Scott Smith whispering in Roy's ear that his dad would have been very proud of him. He would have been very happy. A nice moment, but this season has taken that moment and dampened it with injury and with lackluster play. Yale had an opportunity at the end with the wide-open three to do some damage, and they just didn't do it. And then you've had the last five or six press conferences that have been just incredibly awkward for Roy, including where he said, honestly, that this was the least gifted team he's had in Chapel Hill. So once again, nobody is going to feel sorry for North Carolina. But as somebody who grew up in this state, it is a disappointing deal when something that was supposed to be historic and unprecedented, a milestone, something was supposed to happen that was special, and it spoiled, That that's as disappointing as anything. And I think that's what's happened with this team. It was weird trying to watch two things at once last night. Robert, did you try to watch both games, or were you just waiting
3: on Zion? Uh, I watched the end of the Raptors game, and then went right into Zion. Yeah. Doubleheader. Yes, sir.
4: I, t- I tried my best. I uh, I notably even in the overtime, if Zion was on the court, I did flip over to Zion during the target game.
1: It was one of those things. As soon as I understood the rotation, yeah, first four minutes, I as soon as Zion subbed out, I flipped the channel. And then in the third quarter when the basketball game in Blacksburg was over, I did laundry. All right, I'll be back by the start of the fourth quarter. That's exactly what I did. Like I didn't care about Spurs Pelicans. I just wanted to watch. Zion play, and I'm still waiting for a television rating to come out because there's urgency when that guy's out there. That's what this season has lacked for the NBA. There, there hasn't been any kind of urgency. Okay, we know we got the Lakers and, uh, and the Clippers going to play in the playoffs, but with load management and all of that, the regular season, eh, there, there's not any urgency. Last night, there was, and I bet that's going to draw a massive number whenever we get it. The ACC tournament is in Greensboro this year. It's coming up in March, and we already know what the big story that week is going to be. I'll tell you what that is next.
0: It's The Drive with Josh Graham.
1: Take it from me, you're driving
0: everyone crazy. Mission accomplished on Sports Hub Triad.
5: McKeel looking for a Hayes pick. Got it all the way in double pump on Pirtle, force him into a tough shot, rebound Zion stick back in with a left hand, there it is New Orleans the first career points for Zion Williamson in NBA career That is the
1: voice of the New Orleans Pelicans Todd Graffinini on the call of Zion's debut last night, I've been hearing his voice all across our radio station all day long today and we're about to hear it again in just a few seconds as Graf kind enough to spend some time with us here in North Carolina. And I got to know, as somebody who is behind the scenes and gets a chance to see things that others don't, when did you know Zion was capable enough physically to do what he
5: did last night? And by the way, hey, Josh, how you doing, man? Good to talk to, Good to you. Good hear from you. Um, physically in what sense? Uh, like, uh, I'm trying to get the the meaning. Ph- physically
1: physically in the sense that oh this guy is ready to play and he can contribute maybe in the manner of scoring 17 points in an nba basketball <laughs> game consecutively
5: well i don't know if anybody thought he was going to do that last night i think he surprised the entire basketball planet um maybe his teammates weren't surprised uh maybe he wasn't surprised but when we have been watching him practice now uh, fully since uh, January 5th. We were in Madison Square Garden a couple of Fridays ago, and he was standing underneath the hoop. He Basically, his routine, while all this has been going on, as he's come out well before the teams come out, as a whole. And he basically goes through individual workouts, which draws about, I don't know, 300 people every time he goes out there by himself. But when he started, uh, just basically standing underneath the hoop and vertically jumping up, putting it through his legs and throwing it down with a right hand. I was going, yeah, I I think the knee's okay. Uh, I think he's ready to go. So, uh, He probably could have gone out there and played competitively a couple of weeks ago, but they have been very cautious with him as they should be. And they just wanted to make sure he checked all the boxes. When you're talking about mechanics and measurables as to his flexibility and what he could do in that sense, not in basketball sense, just other things that he needed goals that he needed to reach uh, mechanically. Once that was all done, then they announced last Wednesday that last night would be when he was going to take the court again. And it's still, it's still a process. He's not going to be out there 30, 35 minutes. That's not, that's not going to happen at least for a couple of weeks in my mind. They're going to bring him along very slowly. The only way you're going to get into basketball shape is by playing basketball. Uh, even, the way that they practice, it, it, they're not going as hard as you would be during a game. So it's going to take them a little bit to get fully into game shape, and then we'll see. But I think last night what we saw is he, he will amaze you in ways that you never thought you, you would be amazed because I promise you nobody in the world thought that they were going to see him hit four threes. Mm. Uh, I watched four preseason games, Josh. He took one outside shot in four games, and he dominated three of those four games. He had a double-double, actually, in the last preseason game against San Antonio. He took one outside shot. That was a three in the third preseason game against Utah. So when you hear those highlights uh, that that have been playing uh, all day, you hear a man in absolute disbelief because there was no way in the world I thought he was going to take more or less one three, Absolutely not two, without question three, and hell no, taking four. (laughs) Hell no. You and I,
1: we we discussed this, I think, when Zion was first picked by the Pelicans. I I told you in my experience watching him at Duke, he just makes normal plays seem outstanding, seem amazing. Like when he skied for a rebound over Jacob Portal last night and set up a bucket, and it's just going to be must-watch television. But I want you to take me to the Smoothie King Center last night. What's the best example of something you saw or heard that can take us to that room, that best quantifies how crazy the scene was?
5: Um, It was, look, and I've been to pretty much every playoff game in that building, going back to when they came over from Charlotte. Um, Game six in the first season back, with the Philadelphia 76ers, with Allen Iverson, uh, with, with no seats in that arena, um, unbelievable atmosphere. The next season, Dwayne Wade, a rookie, coming in with a playoff series uh, with the Miami Heat. Then, of course, the 07-08 Western Conference semifinals. Chris Paul, uh, David West, uh, Tyson Chandler for the Pelicans winning game five, up three games to two against Tim Duncan and, and, and the bad San Antonio Spurs, who were the Atlanta Falcons of the NBA back then when you were a New Orleans basketball fan. I've been in that arena for all of those games. It didn't compare to what we saw and heard last night. When he hit that fourth three, the roof, I, I I was surprised it didn't come down. I, I really, really was. It was a surreal moment to be there. Um and it was almost like uh it was almost like the city of New Orleans saying, You know what? We can do this. You don't have to be a big market to succeed. You know, I, I've been thinking a lot about this last night, uh, when I was on my way to the arena. If you think about it, Josh, on January 29th, last year, it's almost been a year to the day. It's almost been a year to the day that Anthony Davis walked in and basically said, hey, New Orleans, deuces, I'm out, bro. I can't do this here. Um, he basically told his teammates, sorry, guys, I'm out. I can't win with you. I need to go to L.A. I need to be in a big market to succeed. Um, And we've heard the narrative. I mean, the narrative started before Anthony Davis even left. ESPN had Anthony Davis out the door uh, day after day after day. People in New Orleans were sick of it. They still are sick of it. It's a narrative that's old. It's a narrative that's tired. And if you were in that building last night, that was a big you-know-what middle finger to everybody else, because if you were in there last night, there is no way in the world you would think that New Orleans was not a basketball town. That place was going crazy. And that to me is the big positive of all of this. Yeah, the game ended not the way we wanted. It was a four-point loss to a division rival. But last night I think everybody saw that New Orleans is behind their basketball team and with number one in there, going to play every night, that we can compete with the big markets, we can compete with the small markets, and we're here to stay. And that, to me, is the best narrative out of this whole deal.
1: Sports rivalries can be dumb sometimes, I think about. And last year when I was covering Zion with Duke, um, you, you just had people not liking him because he played for Duke, but I never really believed it at all. And I think it was best quantified... When I went to the ACC tournament in Charlotte, and anytime the ACC tournament is held in in North Carolina, when Duke plays, it's filled with state fans and Carolina fans and Wake Forest fans who always boo Duke. Duke is always the villain when they walk in. But when they played with Zion on that team, everybody wanted Duke to win. And I think (laughs) that's the craziest thing I saw with my own two eyes. He made Duke likable somehow. And that's an incredible achievement, and I look forward to watching what he does moving forward. I got to know, though, before we let you go, Todd, how many text messages for tickets have you received?
5: Uh, too many to count. <laughs> are, we, are we talking dozens? Hundreds? Uh, do- not, not hundreds, but, yeah, dozens. And, <laughs> hey, just like Anthony Davis, man, deuces. I, I ain't got them. I ain't got them hit up somebody else oh. um, no man it was it was it was just it was awesome to be there last night and i I just think last night we saw the beginning of a new era of professional basketball in the city of New orleans, and that's that's what you can take out of this it's it's just beginning this is a really really young team uh most of the guys on this team should still be in college, josh yeah, and uh it, it, it's pretty cool. It's a great group. They're very tight-knit. This team lost 13 games in a row, and there were no finger-pointing. There was no bickering. Hey, it's your fault. It's your No, they just kept coming to the gym, trying to get better, and now... Uh, the direction is definitely pointing upward.
1: Todd, look forward to continue listening this year and hearing your voice more often. And maybe, maybe eventually, we'll get a Zion dunk highlight. We didn't have that last night, but appreciate Isn't that the time. Crazy? Yeah, it's Isn't crazy. That crazy. Yeah, he's only a dunker, I thought. Anyway, Todd, good, to, good to chat with you. Be, be well, my friend.
5: Thanks, Josh. Anytime, man.
1: You got it. That's Todd Graffinini, the play-by-play voice of the New Orleans Pelicans.
0: Josh Graham loves to talk sports. He also loves writing sports poetry, but he can't think of a rhyme for puck. Oh, I get it. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham.
1: The last three minutes is one of the few times where the radio show inside the radio show or behind the scenes of the radio show might be more interesting than what is going on on the air. Just seconds ago, B-Dot and Sawyer, they were resolving their differences. They've had a beef that's lasted now a couple of months. They are bonding over Jalen Cohn, who, which is very strange because Jalen Cohn beat North Carolina, which both BDOT and Sawyer root for. They are Carolina fans, and BDOT, he's the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball. So Cone goes off, and you guys are happy for Jalen. Sawyer, last week, we went to go watch Virginia Tech play Wake Forest. He apparently knew Jalen Cone, and I use that with the air quotes. We start discussing it, and I'm like, dude, you honestly think Jalen Cone's going to remember who you are? (laughs) <laughs> and then we go down to court level, and surely enough, Jalen Cohn turns around. What's up, Sawyer? Daps him up, and his entire family what <laughs> yeah. up to, to Sawyer. I was kind of impressed by it. So you guys, you're, you've resolved your differences a little bit.
2: Yeah, first of all, I would like to say, Sawyer, I think— J.G. gets a lot of joy from us beefing. I think he instigates it oh, a little bit. Oh, 100%. I'm not yeah, instigating. Yeah. I'm just I documenting. Believe so. I believe so. But with that being said, yeah, we're both fans of Jalen Cone. I didn't realize that Sawyer was a bucket. I didn't realize that Sawyer was, was a walking he's bucket. He's not a bucket. Yeah, he's a walking Whoa. bucket. He used to hoot with Jalen Cone. He played the two.
1: Is it fine? Is it... Can you stand next to Jalen Cone and not be a bucket? Is that possible? Well, no, he
2: played with Jalen Cone. It's different. He right, It's every
1: team. guy on that team a bucket?
2: No, nah, but I can just look at Sawyer and I can tell he can put the ball in the neck. Like, Sawyer played to
1: pick up earlier in the week. How did it go? Uh, Let's see. We played Tuesday. I actually
4: injured my knee, but I did. Damn it, Sawyer. I did play well for the, first, for the first hour. It was good. It was
1: good. What a year for the Tar Heel. <laughs> yeah. Even the good. fans are getting injured. Everybody's getting banged up. <laughs> yeah,
2: this is hard. Uh,
1: so while that's happening. BDOT, he, he's becoming more and more of a diva the more and more he spends on this show. Hmm. He's showing up late, he's pushing people around, hmm. and he's taking shots at me time and
2: time again, including my outfit today, which
1: I thought was just a step
2: over the line. First of all, your audience, most of your audience, maybe 98% of your audience has never seen me, so please do not paint me as the angry black guy. I am not being Did a diva. I say angry? Yeah, you're saying Rob. He's, just he's because a you're a diva. He's pushing people around. Just because you're look.
1: a diva doesn't mean you're
2: angry. Yeah, well, that, that's not happening. That's not true, uh, the drive audience. So please do not listen to Josh. But you've been listening long enough to know that Josh likes to embellish. However, with that being said, I'm sitting here talking to Sawyer. We're talking about Jalen, how he mm-hmm. dropped us, dropped us off for 18 points. I look to my right and I'm immediately disgusted. Why am I disgusted? Because Josh Graham sits here. And at first, I see his his jacket, and it's a Nike zip pullover. We got the. I'm like, yo, look at my man Josh, yeah. saucing it out. Mm-hmm. And then I look down, and he's got on some freaking Adidas, um, joggers. Not only are they Adidas joggers, but he doesn't even have them zipped down. They're zipped all the way up like some bell bottom pants. What in the whole hell are you doing? I didn't. Well,
1: to my defense, I zipped them up to show you what socks I was wearing. I thought. It would be Nike socks. And, then and I'm they're like, not.
2: They're Puma. They're Puma socks. So he's triple banging. He's horrible in here. I got Nike shoes on though. Who cares? Nobody sees it. Once we get to the Adidas, we don't longer look at the rest of the outfit.
4: Yeah. We, yeah. Were, t- we were talking. That's the biggest fashion no is Nike and Adidas. You can mix any other brands you want, but if you go Nike Dude, on top or Adidas on bottom, you can't do it. You
2: cannot do that. I, I heard Drake. Get- Nikes over checks. I mean, uh, stripes over
3: checks. That's what checks we like. Over, checks over stripes. Yeah. You
2: know what I mean?
1: Robert, is this that much of a of a violation?
3: Dude, do you see how white I am? (laughs) Look at this shirt. Look at you see me on a daily basis. I am white as hell. I don't know what to wear with what. I I it's it's a a luxury for y'all that I come in here fully clothed every day. No,
2: Rob, that is not a white thing. This is an urban thing. (laughs) Sawyer is white, and Sawyer knew immediately what I was talking about without me even I said, Josh, what are you wearing? Sawyer immediately said, Did you see that crap?
3: Sawyer's dumb saucy though saucer. He'll okay. come. You we should call him saucer. Yeah, honestly, yeah. you might call him saucer because saucer. He, he comes in here every He's day. He's gonna be like Jeffrey saucer. <laughs> That's how bad that was. You got a little toot from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's that much of a
1: violation, especially when you're working on radio. Also, this is the only time you see me in sweatpants because, as my justification for mm-hmm. all of this. Uh, after the show today, I'm headed up the mountain and I'm turning off my phone for the next couple of days. Really? I- I'm going. Uh, I'm going up the boon, just hanging out, doing a ski trip deal. Wow! So I'm dressing very Ridiculous. warmly.
2: Okay.
1: Just now. <laughs> Yahoo! Like <laughs> I'm just dressing very warmly. Okay. And so that's why I'm I'm kind of dressed this way. Okay. And a lot of driving. I'm not seeing anybody other than you three people here today. And now you just put it on blast.
2: Just know that none of us are impressed with your fashion decisions. All right.
1: Well, now here we are at a place where everybody knows what my fashion is. Well,
2: it's your fault. We were keeping it in here amongst us, the guys, just, just in the studio, just in the man cave, having some fun. But you want to tell everybody that you're looking ridiculous, so we're going to let the people know that you're telling the truth. Zion Williamson,
1: last night, he, he was on a minute's restriction. Hmm. And I think what was interesting about this, how many people criticized Alvin Gentry after the fact for just following up on what he said he was going to do? He absolutely did the right thing. Giannis in Milwaukee, he he said that uh, he's getting ready to play the Hornets tomorrow in France. He, he says that. The one piece of advice he would have for Zion is to don't rush the process. Just continue doing what you're asked to do, and don't get frustrated. It was the plan all along for him to play the first four minutes of the first quarter, first four minutes of the second, first four minutes of the third, first four minutes of the fourth. And he played a little bit longer into the fourth quarter, but then the timeout was called once the Pelicans had the lead, and out goes Zion. And it was the right thing to do. And you could tell Zion was bothered by it. But don't let his emotions fool you. What Gentry was doing was shielding Zion from the expectations to a degree. Shielding him from people who are nitpicking his every move, nitpicking his conditioning, nitpicking it all. And in times where you're on that stage, especially early on, you need to know... Structure and who you can trust. This is Alvin Gentry setting structure for Zion. And also showing Zion that he can trust. Gentry's going to do what he says he's going to. He said that that was the plan. So hey, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It doesn't matter that he's disappointed. He can't be that disappointed because that's what Gentry said he was going to do. So now moving forward, he can trust Alvin Gentry to follow through, even when it might not be the easiest thing to do. So I thought absolutely for the big picture, not just for health, but the dynamic that currently exists in New Orleans, it was the right thing for Alvin Gentry to hold Zion back. What do you think?
2: I agree 100%, and I think it took a lot of resolve from um, Gentry to even follow through with it. I mean, just like you said, he brought – uh, Zion out of the game once they had the lead that was single-handedly created by Zion Williamson. The fans are screaming Zion, Zion! Like and for him to stand on his, on his, on, on ten toes down and just say no, this is what I said I'm going to do and I'm going to stick with. I agree with you. It definitely sets that, but it also sets a trust factor in the idea that he's doing that to preserve. Zion's career he's doing that for the health side of it so for Zion to see that too also knowing that this coach actually cares about me he could have kept me out in the game and tried to get me to drop a couple more threes but he doesn't he wants me to be healthy and that right there is a trust factor that was built last night as well
1: I agree I think it felt like a first date it was awkward you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. early on Mm -hmm. he left the perfect lasting impression it was a good first date right you get a kiss, but. She doesn't put out, or he doesn't put out. I guess, does that go both ways? Does do guys put out, or no, not? guys okay. don't uh, The vernacular yeah. doesn't even sound <laughs> right. No, it doesn't sound right, but I just wanted to be inclusive. Sorry.
2: Um, you better pull out. I don't know if you can say that. Don't. He made us, we're past 15. Let's put seconds it this now. way he made us want
1: more, right? He made us want more here, and um. I guess the point is, I, I want to continue watching what Zion's going to do. Absolutely. Like After the fact, you know, after like a good date, you, you're you just jumping up and down. You're excited. Like when you were just meeting your girlfriend or your significant other, yeah. you know, you're excited. You're jumping up and down. That's how I was at my home last night, scaring the hell out of my cat watching uh,
2: Zion go off in the fourth quarter. Can I tell you my Zion going off in the fourth quarter story? Yes, you may. All right, I've turned from double overtime Tar Heel games. I'm super discouraged, so I'll turn over to see Zion. It's the midway through the third. Zion's not playing. And I'm like, man, they're doing too much of this minute restriction, man. I have to be at work at 5 a.m. I'm going to bed. Zion's not going to do anything. I go to bed. <laughs> Wake up this morning, get to work at like 17 in the fourth quarter? What are you talking In I'm- three minutes. <laughs> Yo, I was livid.
1: Livid, I tell you. Yeah, you should have been. Sawyer was doubting him, just like so many other people on Twitter, just saying he's looking thick, and it wasn't with the CC.
4: I said he's looking thick. That's not doubting. That's just stating. It wasn't. It he wasn't was double thick.
1: double
2: C that you sent me either.
3: Thick. I mean, I've been a spell check. You never know.
2: Is that your definition? You define him as thick. He was thick last night. I'm looking at Sawyer's text messages that he sent me. Zion. He better not have said Zion is B thick. Be looking thick, dough. Zion be looking thick, though. <laughs> that, yo, sorry, don't ever send that tweet ever again. Was it or a text. Tweet, I'm was sorry, a text. that text. So text. Ever. Yeah. 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 You
1: don't refer to him as
4: thick. It's just something I can send to Josh. Like you I thought. would never send that text to anyone else. Just to get the reaction I got out of Josh made oh. it completely all worth it.
1: Okay. What I, reaction I, did, I respond- did you get? <laughs> yeah, what reaction <laughs> did yeah, you get? I don't know if you can say it. <laughs> You're bleeping weird. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's exactly...
1: What I said to one saw you're doing. Well
4: done, Uh, in in
1: honor of Eli Manning, (laughs) I'll list up my top ten giants.
0: Next. Wanna become a real sports fan? Leave it right here.
3: It turns everyone it touches into raging psychotics.
0: All things sports. Well, sometimes on the drive with Josh Graham.
1: This is something I've been looking forward to all day long. At the end of yesterday's show, Robert said he was withholding a story from me that we couldn't talk about on the show. He wanted it for his take it to the house story. And it turned out to be a story of a masked vigilante in Winston-Salem for the last month who's been patrolling the streets And he's been doing good. He hasn't been fighting crime. He's been helping the homeless. And, I mean, this guy's a real-life superhero. Dressed in all black. He's got goggles on. And he goes by the name of Nightwatch. So we told that story. And Robert said, hey, I'm going to try and get him on. And surely enough, Robert has tracked him down. So we are now being joined by Winston-Salem's masked vigilante, Nightwatch. Nightwatch, welcome to the show. How
6: are you? Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Great so, to be
1: here. Appreciate it.
6: For those who haven't seen you
1: yet, what exactly is your costume?
6: Yeah, so it's it's pretty functional, pretty pretty simple. I've got a leather jacket, some gloves to keep warm, and uh, like you said, just a really simple black mask and goggles to, to kind of obscure the face. A little superhero-y, but still pretty functional.
1: <laughs> what things didn't make the cut? How many... Th- how many outfits did you go through saying, "Okay, if I'm gonna make this a thing and wear this every night," were there other considerations? Oh,
6: yes, yes, there were a ton, but I definitely <laughs> needed visibility, <laughs> breathability. I wanted to be able to kind of show my face at least a little bit, so I could smile, interact with people in kind of a positive way. But I've got a local, uh, a local artist in town who offered to make me a new mask pro bono, so that might be a thing <laughs> we're just we're just kind of going with it because really for me the focus is all about you know helping out the homeless so the costume just kind of is a cherry on top i guess you could
1: we say. have so many questions here on the show Sawyer, feel yeah. free to jump in robert feel free to jump in if you have anything robert what do you got
3: uh i had wondered and winston winston's not the safest city so i'm kind of glad you're patrolling the sh- streets uh, it, does it get sketchy out there at all? Like in the midst of you helping the homeless, have you had any run-ins with actual ne'er do wells? Yes, yes, I have. What, how does that go? What do you like? Do they um, try to start some beef with you?
6: No, I, I haven't had people starting anything with me. If if it has to do with me, it's more people just kind of double take, <laughs> but now that there's been more um, visibility, I guess, which. Again, I think it's great because it's bringing attention to this issue of homelessness. Um, people will just kind of, like, wave, say hi, or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I did have a situation recently where um, it was a potential domestic violence situation. Um, the, the woman was, was kind of recoiling. Her, her partner was yelling at her and, and getting in her face. And it looked really unsafe for her. So I just kind of stepped in, tried to, you know, show I, I was present. I was watching. Um, just to kind of de-escalate that situation. Again, that's not something I'm looking for. I would say 95% of what I'm doing is homeless outreach. The other is what I call uh, proactive assistance, just kind of looking for people to help. But with that said, if I come across a situation like that where someone who can't defend themselves looks like they're in danger, I'm I'm gonna step in.
1: All right, we're fanboying out now. All of us, we're fanboying out. We've got a real life superhero here <laughs> on the line. It is Nightwatch who's with us. It's Winston Salem's mask vigilante. Robert is freaking out at the control room. He has the phone number of a uh, of of a superhero now. And apparently we um have a lot of other things that we have to get to very quickly here. Okay. At first, you said that people now start to recognize you. How often did you scare people from the jump?
6: <laughs> from the jump, yeah. It it was more like I said just kind of double takes or or people kind of really casually crossing the street when I was, when I'd be walking uh, in their direction, but um you know, I, I try to I try to be as polite as I can just kind of wave and and smile and and just introduce myself or at the very least say hey how you doing that kind of thing um because yeah it's let's let's face it i know the optics i knew the kind of reactions i was gonna probably get but i figure that the the pros would definitely outweigh the cons and they have so far yeah don't
1: walk into any banks i don't know how that go with a bag And the goggles but it doesn't sound like you're going to be <laughs> roaming around when uh banks are open is there a night watchress? Uh,
6: i don't want to say too much about my personal life um if that's okay that's, it, fine. And that's mostly just because i i want to kind of keep the focus on what i'm doing and not on um you know who i am but what was I your inspiration I, I a partner and she's great what was your inspiration um, on this my yeah, my inspiration. Uh, there are. I'm not the only one who's done this. I'm not the first. Um, there is specifically one real life superhero. He goes by Dark Guardian. He's in New York. He's been doing this for 17 years. A lot of the same stuff I'm doing: homeless outreach, giving out food, clothes, all that. And he's just awesome. And um, so I, I kind of wanted to have my own take on that.
1: We are being joined by Night Watch, and there were probably a ton of people wondering how. They can support this. This is a cause that I'm sure a lot of people would like to support, but a lot of people, quite frankly, don't know how you're providing a pretty cool outlet for people to help. So how can we go about doing that?
6: Definitely, I'm. I'm glad you asked that. So, some people were asking how they could monetarily donate. I don't have anything set up for that right now, and I don't know that I want to because I want this to be as transparent as possible. I've got a few anonymous donors who have been uh, leaving materials for me to distribute at certain drop points, and that's an option. Or I could, you know, meet someone in a location that they're comfortable with. Um, basically, the best way to contact me is direct message on Instagram. It's night watch r l s h and an underscore between those so night underscore watch underscore r l s h and yeah people could dm me and i'm i'm happy to hear from from anybody there's been so many great people reaching out and just this whole city's been stepping up and that's that's really what i dreamed of happening
1: and it's just a perfect time for it too this week it was incredibly cold so i'm glad to hear somebody's doing some good and Nightwatch is doing that. Sawyer, the question he had, he wants to know the next time you might be making the round so that way he might be able to follow you.
6: Tonight. <laughs> I, I'm actually, um, after I get off the call with with you, I've got um, an interview that WXII wanted to do with me, yes. so I'm going to meet them by the transit center uh, shortly, and yeah, I'm going to be doing homeless outreach tonight, so... Anybody who's listening listening um you know if you if you see me out and about tonight or, or any night cuz I'm trying to get out as as much as I can and do the most good feel free to stay say hi or you know join or whatever you want to do
1: Nightwatch appreciate the time uh we'll have to maybe revisit at a later point it's a great thing you're doing
6: Yeah this is this was great thank you so much
1: You're welcome that's Nightwatch the Winston Salem Vigilante So Sawyer gonna spend some time uh, with Night
4: Watch tonight? Sadly, I I don't think I can do tonight. I uh, have <laughs> some I have some plans, but any other day, I mean I am totally down to go follow Nightwatch and help out
1: anybody that we can. All right. So that's the plan. Sawyer he said he's so excited to hang out with Nightwatch and then Nightwatch says, Yeah, I got I can do it tonight and Sawyer just said, Nah it's not good. I not, yeah. Nah, I can't do it like tonight, you know. Come on. I get people who are cold and stuff and you know,
4: might need some gloves. I don't know if Josh has anything. You have anything tonight? Oh, I'm going up a mountain. Oh, as soon as the show ends, I'm going up a mountain. So a ski trip is more important than okay. It's fine. yeah, it is. The ski trip.
3: <laughs> the ski trip.
4: It is. It's important.
3: What a cool dude, right? Yeah, that's awesome.
4: Just I'm I just wish gushing. people.
1: I wish Ro- you could see Robert's face when he said that some guy and woman we're having a dispute and the way he broke it up was just standing there
3: so they knew that he was there. He's the hero that <laughs> not the one that we need but the Winston- one that we Salem deserve. Salem City doesn't deserve.
1: Or actually it's what they deserve. What's how's the line go again? I don't even
3: remember. We've butchered it, but Yeah, we do. That guy's a total it. badass, man. What it really cool is.
1: It's an awesome deal. Um if you were creating a superhero outfit, how would it look?
3: Ooh. I would probably mix the, the my two favorite colors that look n- terrible together. It would be like ECU Royal Purple oh. and then like burnt pumpkin orange. And I would just be the disaster. I would wow, m- that's a good name. The disaster. Yeah. You'd be a villain, though. That's a villain Oh, yeah, name. for sure. I would eat uh, the food left on people's plates after they uh, go to the bathroom <laughs> at a restaurant or something. They'd be like, oh, this is a disaster. And I'd be like, ha-ha. And I'd run off with their takeoff box or takeout box,
1: <laughs> or you'd pretend to be homeless and just benefit off the stuff that Nightwatch is giving oh, out. That would
3: be the perfect villain for out him. The disaster!
1: <laughs> You're gonna. This is like an incredible situation where you admire Nightwatch, but want his want his approval so much that you
3: then turn into the villain. I would love to be his sidekick. Or maybe we can send Sawyer out tonight to be his sidekick. Sawyer, do you think you could protect yeah, yourself? Yeah, Sawyer, what do you got going I, on, I, Sawyer? I could
4: get out to Winston by like 10, 15. <laughs> so it'd, be, it'd be a late night. Like, I can get there. It would just be really late. So
1: five late. hours from now. What are yeah. you doing tonight? Sawyer, what do you have going on? I have a date on?
4: night with my girlfriend tonight. Uh, I can't cancel. Oh, I post I a picture. Ooh, post a idea. picture. I'd rather post a picture with Nightwatch.
1: Take off your shirt! (laughs) Was that to Nightwatch or to Sawyer's (laughs) girlfriend? Take off your mask! Take off the goggles! (laughs) Disaster is going to go on the radio and say,
3: if Nightwatch doesn't reveal his identity and take off them goggles, I'm going to eat all these Lance crackers meant for the homeless. And he just shows up and beats the heck out of me. He probably would. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's so
4: great,
1: what he does. Awesome deal. Also awesome, we were all so excited about Zion Williamson. Or I should say, two out of three of us were so excited about Zion Williamson last night. Sawyer, he's texting me after saying that Zion was looking really thick. And then, when he walked in today, just going back and forth, talking about what Zion did in the fourth quarter, Robert walks in and says, man... Did you watch a game last night? Yeah. Man, Pelkins almost won that game. Yeah. Rookie really did a great job out there. Yeah, he did. Then you said, Jackson Hayes, man. That guy was awesome. <laughs> You're like the guy who watches uh, Karate Kid and thinks that the, the,
3: guy, the Cobra Kai were actually the good guy. They were cool, man. No, I'm not one of those guys, and look, I watched that game, and I was—I knew we would talk about this today, so I was trying to think about my talking point in reference to how you would talk about it, and in the first three quarters of that game, Zion was the third most impressive rookie behind uh, my dude Hayes and Lonnie Walker, and then the fourth quarter happened. I'm like, well, this take is all the way out of the window, but I still wanted to talk about awesome jackson hayes look the dude is a seven foot rookie playing against lamarcus aldrich one of the best stretch guys stretch big men and he, he made him look upset despite his 32 points last night jackson hayes had a great outing and he has all year but it's been swept under the rug because of one zion williams who or whatever his name is i don't even know this dude's name williamson williamson well listen here williamson Jackson Hayes has been here all year putting in the work in the paint, and you want to come in your first game and throw four threes down the gullet? Okay.
1: I want you to find, just play some music very quickly. I want you to find a bump music of sorts, and I want to hear what the Robert Walsh radio show would have sounded like today. If you had the microphone that I'm blessed to have, how great of a show would it be? If Robert decided to open things up, rather than talking about Zion, in the state in which Zion played, where everybody's talking about Zion, he just zags the other direction and says, "Last night wasn't about Zion. It's about Jackson." Hey, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even talk about Zion. Get get out of the way, Sawyer. Don't even. Don't even say his name. Let's 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 step. Step back, and this is how the radio show would have sounded today if it was called The Drive with Robert Walsh instead of The Drive with Josh Graham.
3: What a game last night, and I'm (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. My producer Josh Graham's over there trying to throw something in here to me, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what's on everybody's mind, and it was the rookie last night and not the one from downtown. I'm talking about the big dog from Texas. Jackson Hayes throwing it down the drive with Robert Walsh. I'm Robert Walsh. <laughs> I don't even sound right. Uh Anyway, let's talk about this dude. Zion, he was shooting a lot of threes, and that's not sustainable, especially on his big, fat ankles. You know who's got some skinny ankles and some long legs, too? That's my man Jackson Hayes. He was looking spectacular. Played two less (laughs) minutes than Zion, and still ended up making it work. That would be an amazing radio show.
1: That's, that's a word. I would, I would listen to it. <laughs> I would listen to that show.
3: Uh, <laughs> all right. Would you really? I don't think you would. No, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> I wouldn't listen to it. It would be my show. Getting ready to take it to the house. Robert, what do you got? What if I told you the latest children's book had a foreword written by the devil?
4: We'd <laughs> take it to the house next.